this week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. Don't wake Maddie. The devil wears members only. This is pretty much the script to a gay porn, right? Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side. We're, we're watching every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology television show Tales from the Dark Side. And tonight is no exception, Matt. And we're reporting it back to you. Our noses are bleeding. The gas leak is back. We're ready to do an episode <laughs> called The Deal. But before we do that, I am joined by my good friends at the table, Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. How are you guys doing tonight? Yay! I'm doing yay. Don't wake up, Matt. <laughs> He's a little sleepy. Just a, just a bit. That's all right. I get it. Uh, we've been playing a little game called Don't Wake Your Baby. Oh. <laughs> uh, or, or my baby does not like to go to sleep. Ah. Uh, she is like Eddie Murphy, someone who likes to party all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight is, is no, no exception. exception. That's right, Matt. Uh, it is customary around these parts to guess what the episode is about. Uh, about? We guess what the episode is about. Thank you, Swedish chef. Based on the title alone. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, buckwheat. <laughs> well, it's kind of the Swedish buckwheat. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> oh me. God, that pancake sounds amazing. <laughs> it's, it's me, the Swedish buckwheat. <laughs> and tonight is no is no exception. Pour a little molasses on that, Matt. Hey, the name of this episode was the deal. So what's the deal with our guesses? <laughs> <laughs> Too much comedians and cars getting coffee. New episodes on. Have Netflix. you watched them? They're good. I haven't watched them. Uh they're they're good. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. Uh, and we also we have a contest for our beloved listeners, faithful listeners, intrepid listeners. It's called the Dark Side Guess, where they can guess what the episode is as well, and the winner will win a ten dollar, ten American dollars, in the form of an Amazon gift card. Now, Matt, can you win it if you're not in it? You gotta. Oh yeah, you gotta be in it to win it, guys. Matt Rose, would you say tonight is an exception? No. Okay, great. <laughs> tonight would be no exception. <laughs> Perfect. You know, uh, for having no energy, we are slap happy. Yes. <laughs> ah. Um, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah. <laughs> hey, headphone listeners. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't worry. I may or may not cut any of this out. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, listen until the end of the show. <laughs> I get it. We'll announce the winner of the Dark Side Guess at the end of the show. I just want to explain the concept of time, Matt. <laughs> People may not understand that later is different than now. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Thank you, Chen. And You're thank you for so always welcome. being conscientious. I am nothing if not conscious. 
<laughs> Conscious? You're up. I don't think so. The deal. A lonely woman stumbles upon a loophole in Bed Bath & Beyond coupons policy, getting a $400 Tempur-Pedic mattress topper for 78 cents. But who could facilitate such a fiendish deal? And what will he expect in return? Oh, boy. Um, I like that one. Thanks. I almost got through it. You did great. Thanks. Manny, you got one? Don't wake him. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> uh, he, just, he just hit like there was an alarm next to him. <laughs> <laughs> the deal. Harold Washington is the dirtiest lawyer in town, but has he finally met his match when he begins arbitration between his client and the devil? <gasps> what? Wow. So close. Sight unseen. The deal. Man, Howie Mandel has it rough. He was half of, he had half an idea for a game show, but when he pitched the pitched it to the NBC executives, it's no deal. But could this lead to better things? Whoa! It's like that game show. Deal or no deal? Oh, I, not not that one. I was thinking a different. One. Oh yeah, yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah, of yeah, the yeah. wall. <laughs> I was thinking about the wall. Yeah. Ah, Fox. Ah. Oh, nards. Oh. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, none of these guesses were correct. So, Jen, hit us up with the sweet deuce. All right. We are talking about the episode, The Deal. This episode aired February 28, 1988. Guys, we are almost in the 90s. Oof. God. Oof. Talk about time. Hey, who's Spuds McKenzie riding a skateboard? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, look at look at that. Look at George Costanza in a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> and the hot stays, stays hot. hot. Starving screenwriter Tom Dash claims he would give anything to sell a script in Hollywood. His acquaintance Donald has the means to help give him anything. Is that Donald ending with a D? It, this says it, Donald D O N A L D. Okay, because. Someone should have told the people in this episode episode that that's how you pronounce it. Well, maybe it's like Donald Glover. Donald Glover? What do you mean? Doesn't he like drop the the D? I don't know. Uh, I I know that Donald Logue. I know Donald Logue, but he doesn't have a D at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I thought that it might be like that's what his last name was. Or first name, I mean. Well, more mysteries. Uh, this episode was directed by T.J. Castronovo. Uh, T.J. Castronovo is uh, more known as an actor, although he's not really known for that either. Uh, he's had lots of bit parts in lots of things. He was Eddie Manelli in No Strings. Uh, he You're also, kidding me. No, I'm not. He was the... He was the... Uh, was he the mob boss or the guy who was hanging? I, I thought he was the... The lackey. Oh, guy. the love interest. The love interest, yeah. Uh, he also directed the episode Trouble with Mary Jane. Mm. All right. This episode was written by Granville Burgess, uh, who doesn't have uh, anything really listed on IMDb for writing credits. Oh, uh, you, 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 you mean he's a disgruntled writer? Uh, yeah, you, I know you couldn't tell from this. <laughs> Uh, I, I did not get to look him up and see if he's done some other, like, writing, writing. He may have. This might be, like, based on one of his stories. Uh, it was also written by Alan Coulter. Uh, this was the only writing credit for Alan Coulter, but Alan Coulter has directed a ton of contemporary television. 
uh, directed lots of Ray Donovan, Boardwalk Empire, House oh, of wow. Cards, Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, Law and Order, Sex in the City. Um, well, things have turned around yeah, for him. Yeah, he's doing great. Um, this episode starred Alan Garfield. He played Donnell. He played Kingsley. He played... Mr. Rudnick. Mr. Rudnick. And he was the devil. Spoiler alert. He was... Uh, you've seen him in lots of things where he's been just kind of a, a slimeball jerk store. He's got that face. Uh, he was in Beverly Hills Cop 2. He was in The Majestic. He was in The Ninth Gate. Bradley Whitford played Tom Dash. I was so happy to see Bradley Whitford in this. Love Bradley Whitford. He was great. He was great. And he was great in this. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Whitford, of course, from West Wing, Get Out, Cabin in the Woods, The Good Guys, uh, tons and tons of stuff. Robert Costanzo played Vincent. He was in Total Recall, Die Hard 2, City Slickers, again, a pretty famous, pretty recognizable character actor. Mm-hmm. Um Manziana Garfield played Diablo the dog, <laughs> which is the fanciest fucking dog name I have ever really? heard in my life. And I own a dog named Handsome Pete. So that should tell you. <laughs> Manziana Garfield. Uh, of course, the dog is billed over the woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cassie was played by Alyssa Paternoster. This was her only credit. Christine Greco played the secretary. Uh, Christine Greco does not have uh, really many acting credits, but she is a script supervisor for tons of stuff, uh, like Kitchen Nightmares, Gilmore Girls, millions of other things. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so people are still working. Like it. Yeah. Guys, man lives in the sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld. Is it a place that's just as real? But not as brightly real. Yeah, it's like a dark side. Oh, it's a dark side. Yeah. I heard about this. Yeah. The door from the dark side swings wide open. <laughs> and this episode of Perfect Strangers was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Standing tall. I thought that this was this establishing shot. We have to go back and check because it looked to me exactly like the St. George Hotel. It To me, it reminded, it reminded me of... Every external shot they've ever had of a building. Yeah. Because I could swear I've seen that car at least five times before. Yeah. yeah. And it also doesn't feel like it's 1987 in this establishing shot. No, no. it does not. It feels like it's like 1979. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Barney Miller's theme, again, yeah. should be playing. <laughs> uh, we've got an interior yeah. apartment. And, and some noir music. And we've got our boy from the West Wing. Just chewing some scenery. He's great, though. Let him, yeah. Let yeah. him act. Let, Let him, him act. act. Lock her up. No. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and Bradley Whitford in this episode is getting straight cruised by his neighbor. Oh, for real. This, I mean, he doesn't. I don't think that he fights it necessarily. What with him constantly walking around with his shirt unbuttoned. Yeah. It, this <laughs> so Bradley Whitford is in a hostel for wayward boys, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his next door neighbor Donald, aka Dono, yeah, uh, he comes in. I write down. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I imagined that it was just uh, somebody in the neighborhood yeah. or somebody down the hall, but I'm like. So confused by the Donald character yeah. because of how familiar he is with everybody. Oh, he's yeah. extremely yeah. familiar, and he's got a twinkle in his eye. 
This is, you said it, it's a cruising setup. Yeah. This is... Uh, this absolutely could have been gay porn. Yeah. 100%. But from this era, too. The setup is, hey, I got a letter from the agency. Oh, it's terrible again. I've had 10 years of rejection. I just need somewhere to cry. Uh, uh, 10 years and no dice. You know, I'd do anything to sell a script. Anything? <clears throat> Zip. Fart. Thump. Flop. <laughs> the fart in there. Also, he's brought his dog with him. Diablo! Donald has the dog. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard that the dog's name was Diablo, I thought that the dog was the devil. (laughs) And he was going to have to make a deal with the dog. Save it for the writer's room. (laughs) I was also confused. Uh, I was like, wait, are they dueling devils? Um, Bradley Whitford will do anything to sell a script. The dog moves very slowly because he's got this fiddle of gold he has to lug around. (laughs) (sighs) I'll be back. I got to finish Crossroads. Uh, So he, the neighbor is just draped on Bradley Whitford's couch. Just very comfortable. He's wearing like this very tight fitting t shirt that says Soho on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's really Bohemian guys. It is, I mean, yeah. It is different times. Just relax, all right? <sighs> Nothing wrong. I wish the script Bradley Whitford was working on became uh Nightmare on Elm Street Two. <laughs> 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 I feel like that would just dovetail into this like, really nicely. Like Oh dear listener. Watch this episode and just think that the, the movie that he gets made and gets called a genius for is Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, homoerotic masterpiece, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mm, this phone is French kissing. <laughs> More shower whipping. All right. Uh, so Donald says, you know what? Give me the script. I'll look at it. I'll give it a read. I'll tell you what I think. Bradley Whitford is like... No, you're just my neighbor, my neighbor who's cruising me. It's like, uh-uh. Don't worry, baby. Yeah. So um, one thing that Bradley Whitford mentioned, at least I think it was Bradley Whitford. It was, it was either uh, his character, Tommy, or it was Donald, that said that it's not... It certainly wasn't Diablo. It definitely <laughs> was not Diablo. Um, <laughs> there are two people. And one of them definitely said this. I know it wasn't the dog, and I I know there weren't any like puppets. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the typewriter started talking. Let's just draw the Tibetan diagram. It was of all the People in the room and things that talked. <laughs> yeah, it's a circle, all right. That just leaves us with Donald and, and Tom Dash. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry, Maddie. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that I, I don't remember which one of them it was, but one of them said that it's not it's not the script, but it's who you know in this in in town. Yes. Right. I believe that was Tom. Yes. Yeah. And then that's when Donald's like. Psh- 
Mm-hmm. I know people. I got connections in this town. Which makes me instantly go, not if you're in this hotel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tight Soho t-shirt. Yeah. Who do you know? He Unless he's got like pictures of somebody, which I would assume this guy does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Like, like evidence, like incriminating. He gives a lot of massages in this town. <laughs> and just put a camera in the glory hole and... <laughs> gotcha. You'd be surprised what you'd see. It's my new show. It's called Gotcha. <laughs> and Gotcha. <laughs> hey, are you taping this? Gotcha. Oh, no. Oh, no. We'll finish at least. <laughs> I'm already on film. Hey! See you later. Come back. See you two dollars. <laughs> All right. Um. So Donald leaves with one of Tom's scripts and is like, "I'm gonna do it. Uh, I gotcha." But he just always has this like little playful smirk on his face. He does, and then he. I think that's when it cuts to um Tommy sleeping on the couch. And Donald just lets himself in the apartment they with both, an acceptance letter. They both letter. do this. They do a lot of letting each other into each other's, each apartment. other's apartments. Yeah. But but once, so let's just go back just a touch. Donald leaves with the, I'm going to get you a deal. When he leaves, uh, my man Tom does a classic table flip. Oh, yeah. That was, that was a great table flip. And uh, yeah, and... Uh, Donald was just kind of standing outside the door listening. Yeah. Oh, and again. He hears, he hears the table flip and kind of just laughs to himself, walks back into it. This room. is a bestseller ad wang. Yeah. I'm just telling <laughs> So now Bradley Whitford wakes up to Donald in his apartment waking him up. Basically slapping him in the face with an envelope. At least yeah. it's his face and an envelope. A yeah. flaccid <laughs> envelope just falling <laughs> near his mouth. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, uh, a contract. Donald, it's a contract. Donald uh, took it around to a bunch of places. Uh, it's all about who you know, kid. And got him a deal. Got him a 20 $20, grand advance. Yeah. Pretty good in 87 money. Yeah. And uh, Bradley Whitford says, I'll be damned. And Donald says, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Which, for an episode that, you know, they they try to do humor a lot, as we've noted on this show. uh, I feel like this was one of the more successful ones that was a little winky. At least some of the, at least the characterizations and at least in the acting. Like, I thought that that this... uh, Alan Garfield. I thought Alan did a nice job of not mm-hmm. not being, being over so over the top. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. He wasn't divine in this. Yes, very true. And it it knew it was with a wink mm-hmm. instead of like you just better take that tongue. But it played it. <laughs> you take that tongue and you, you just freaking shove it, shove that it into the side, into your cheek. Uh, I think it worked because, yeah, it was, it was winking, but it still took itself seriously. And Bradley Whitford was honestly yes. acting, yeah. acting, acting. All right, and that's the act break. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I, I, I did think for a split second they were gonna kiss at the end. 
because I well, think he kissed they were him on like, the head. Well, they, I think they were like they embraced mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they kind of held it for a couple seconds. And Bradley Whitford kissed him on the top of his head, which I thought was disgusting. <laughs> Not because I have anything with man on the man love. It was just kissing this guy's sweaty head. I assumed it was sweaty. You know that air, that it, there was no air conditioning in that apartment. He did give off the impression of being a like a eternally sweaty yeah. person. Yeah. And we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Marmaduke, get off the couch. It's Easter. <laughs> Welcome to Leathers and Furs. Furs and the Leathers. Hey, Mom, swan that time. Get that time off. Now's the time. Bring the kids. Bring the kids. Free ice cream for everyone. Limit two. Please come on down. Help yourself. We've got shirts, 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 shirts. Leathers and Furs. Furs and Leathers. Come on down. We're right next to the old aquarium. Interesting, man. It's Leathers and Furs. Furs and Leathers. Why not come on down? Because we have a fantastic July 4th celebration happening right now. Don't wait till May. It's Leathers and Furs. Furs and Leathers. Kid, maybe you want to come on down. Bring the parents. Help yourselves. Help yourselves to bins, 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 bins filled with pants. You can help yourself. That's Leathers and Furs. Furs and Leathers. We're open Mondays from 12 to 3. Tuesdays from 12 to 3. Wednesdays, 12 to 2. Thursdays, 1 to 2. Friday, 2 to 3. Leathers and Furs. Further than Leathers. Hey, uh, validate your parking and we're back yay Yay. we should probably mention that the best of human amusements will be playing uh july 19th and 26th at go comedy in ferndale michigan uh i'm in it matt noss is in it hey everybody many of our friends including friends of the show are in it chris peterson uh Travis Pelto, Joe Hingleberg, PJ Jacobs, so many friends of the show. You just heard Chris Peterson doing Leathers and Furs, Furs and Leathers. A sketch that he uh, improvised, I believe, in front, based on an idea or a bit that you both had. Yeah, it was a car. It was one of those uh, those car bits, um, like a road trip bit. We drove by a sign for Leathers and Furs. Uh, I think we were on the way to Cincy, um, or maybe Chicago. Maybe we were, I think no, we were driving to Chicago. And uh, we just started doing fake commercials for a place called Leathers and Furs. And then it turned into a real fake commercial. Because that's just how how the, it how, works. how the world works. It's just how artistry works. Uh, but yes, please, come on down. Bring the kids. Leathers and, and Furs. And that would, uh, the first show was this Thursday. That is the first time the whole group of human amusements will be on stage together in about three years. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Very excited. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Um, we come back and we are in a sweaty studio executive's uh, boardroom. Or his office. His yes. Fine Corinthian leathers and furs <laughs> everywhere you look. And this guy, Matt, you said you recognize this guy. Mm-hmm. What else has he been in? Because I recognized him as well, but I just couldn't place him. This is Robert Costanzo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is the guy that was in Total Recall, that was in okay. Die Hard 2. He was like, uh, he was the brother of the police chief in Die Hard 2. In Total Recall, he worked with Quaid um, as one of the construction workers, and then he tries to kill him. That's right! Yeah. Oh, so a bunch God. of stuff. And in uh, Recall! Recall! Yeah, yeah, that's, that's him exactly. And then... In uh, City Slickers, he was one of the kids' dads who was a cop. 
and he like tells his story and then Billy Crystal gets up after and has like a midlife crisis in front of everybody and Costanzo looks to the kids and makes a jerk off motion with his hand. <laughs> I've never seen City Slickers. It's It was one of my mom's favorite movies. Okay. Like we watched it a ton. Gotcha. And it's good. I mean, it's, but it's not like the best movie. What were the movies that were on heavy rotation when you were growing up? All right. So we didn't have cable. Okay. So the movies that were always in the VHS player mm-hmm. were Summer School. Okay. Mm-hmm. We wa- My brother and I watched Summer School 25, 30 times easily. Okay. Um, so probably once a day for a month plus. My mom falls asleep to a movie. So her, her movies have been City Slickers. I just had the other name. Um, the Mirror Has Two Faces. Okay. Yep. Um, she has fallen asleep to Pritzy, not Pritzy's Romance. Murphy's Pritzy's Honor. Murphy's oh, Romance. Murphy's Romance, yep. Murphy's Romance. That's a movie that she's fallen asleep to. Uh, the, but no quest for Curly's Gold. <laughs> Every time I was sick when I was a kid, I would watch Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, we watched that a lot Sherlock too. Holmes. Yeah. I really, really, really liked that movie. Um, I've watched The Blues Brothers and Animal House. Uh, a bunch, but I haven't watched either of those movies in probably 10 plus years. Okay. I hear that uh, Animal House is a little uh, troublesome now. It's a little it's dated, a bit. although we just rewatched uh, Blues Brothers, and that, that really holds up. It God, really it's great. holds up. Yeah. Um, but uh, And then um, we watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Mm-hmm. Dream a Warriors. Ton, Dream Warriors, a ton, and Aliens. Okay. Yes, we had aliens uh, on uh, on beta. Yeah. We so did we. Too. Yeah. So did we. What did you watch? What was in heavy uh, rotation? Well, Aliens is also yep one of the movies that I've seen the most out of my entire life. Uh, Die Hard was one that I watched quite a bit of. Uh, Monster Squad. Mm. Um, I know there's other movies, but those were like the big. Th- oh, and Return of the Living Dead mm. was was okay. another one that I watched. Many, many times, specific, specifically a couple different scenes, but yeah, um, <laughs> hello, yeah. But uh, I, I would say that oh, and Robocop, I watched Robocop like all the time. None of those are kids' movies, yep. <laughs> well, Monster Squad is, yeah, that's true, that's true. Heaviest rotation at our house, I think I've seen Splash like a million times. We had a Ooh. lot of early Tom Hanks. So mm. they, published yeah. they published it. Yeah, they published it. They published my letter. A lesbian no more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Splash, uh, the man with one red shoe. Yes, we watched mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. Oh, with Debbie Coleman. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, that movie was great. Um, was, was that the one where the one guy calls the other guy Mr. Potato Head? Yes, yeah. Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. My mom will still say that to us. <laughs> um. God, what else was there? There was uh, Space Camp. <laughs> okay. We watched Space, Space Camp. Camp a lot. Um, watched uh, uh, the Pee Wee Herman show, like the original before Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, like the HBO special. The HBO special mm-hmm. from the Groundlings. Um, my, we would watch that incessantly. Hmm. Um, I know there were a few others, but yeah. All right, good segue. 
Uh, well, I wanna I wanted to see if we could play a little game here because our boy Tom Dash says you took my beautiful script about a love and relationships and turned it into a heavy metal music video. So I wanted to play a little game called Turned It Into. <laughs> <laughs> Where all you have to do is say what you wanted it to be okay. and what they turned it into. Oh, God, it's funny you mentioned that because I just made a movie about uh, Serbian refugees who are just, or I just wrote a movie about Serbian refugees who are just trying to make a home for themselves in uh, in, a, in uh, the 1960s New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they turned it into Poltergeist 4. <laughs> I, I, I too, I had a script, and it was about the buddy relationship between a dog and a wily cat. Oh, Yeah, and they turned it into Faces of Death. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's terrible! Yeah. Oh. What were you working on, Matt? Oh, geez. The only thing I could come up with was uh, that I wanted to make a lighthearted comedy, and... They turned it into a doc, a six part documentary on the Holocaust. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> oh, it was about a it was about a kid with a magical hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate when they do that. Oh God, I had an idea for it was like a school for young witches and wizards. Right. Yeah, but they turned it into Minecraft. <laughs> Why do they I don't do know that? why they felt the need to if change it. If it bleeds, it leads. You I know? guess, yeah. <laughs> I had a, a mother daughter coming of age story oh. and they turned it into Ladybird. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's awful. That's, oh, wait, that is Ladybird. Yeah. <laughs> and I broke my own bit. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but it, the reason I say that is because it is in this diatribe. Diatribe? Mm-hmm. It's in this diatribe. That Diet, Tom. Right. It's in this diet, right? This Shasta. Um, that Tom Dash says words that only a writer who's been turned down for 10 plus years yes. would say. Like, it is so industry jaded, mm-hmm. everything that comes out of his mouth at this point, that I wrote down, I was like, oh, this show is written by nearly every writer who's never had anything published. Yes, <laughs> thousand percent. You took my story of a mother and her lost child. And and you turned, turned it, it into, into the a, Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you turned it into a potato salad making demo. <laughs> uh, and I love the uh, the producer in this because he is he is the original Tommy baby. Come on, sweetheart. Have your machine the, call my machine and we'll do lunch. We'll do beep boop beeps. <laughs> we'll do lunch at Spago. Yeah. I, I, I like that when Tommy barged into the office and the secretary followed him, he said to the secretary, Why don't you be a good girl and go get us some coffees? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh And then she goes. Only if I get listed in the credits. And she <laughs> never does. And she never does. And she never will. Um, this was the point you asked, how is this episode different from the guy from Magnum P.I.? Right. So that episode was called... What Was that last season or was that this season? I think that was in second season. Okay. 
Printer's Devil. Printer's Devil, season two. Oh, wow. That, and I just turned to Printer's Devil. Oh, look at that. Holy shit. Yeah, the only thing that's missing from this one that would connect it to Printer's Devil is animal sacrifice. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's it because it's another deal with the devil. Um, and another writer trying to make it big. Yep. Obviously, he's had success because there's kind of like implied time jumps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but still, and and not to pooch the ending here, it appears that the time jump in this episode is like a week. It really does. It I think he says it at one point. It's been like a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Hollywood, baby. Baby. Real Telly Savalas. So. Again, this is a real porno. Yeah. Um, it is at it is at the point of leaving this uh, the sleazy executive that my man Tom Dash goes back to see Donald. Yeah, who is now wearing a red jacket. Get it? He's the devil. <laughs> oh, isn't this isn't this where we see that he has horns and like a f- God? It looked like someone cut a tail out of felt yeah. and pinned it to his pants. Well, first we go back to his his first, uh, to Bradley Whitford's apartment. Yeah, because we have we have to have this set up. Oh, right, right. Because right, right, Donald right. has not admitted that he's the devil yet. Yeah. Yeah, this is where he does. He's asking how it went and uh, Bradley Whitford is explaining how unhappy he is and the devil at one point says, "Ah, the money was in the limousine, not in the screen." Classic. I yeah. mean, classic Hollywood trope. Sure. I mean, we've heard it thrown around a thousand times. <laughs> remember, remember in uh, uh, Wait Gaunt, Until Dark? Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Where, like, he's like, oh, frankly, my dear, all the money, the money was, was in the limousine, limousine <laughs> not on the screen. <laughs> I'll never go hungry again. You know how to whistle, don't you? You just put all the money in the limousine, not on the screen. <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. Mister puts the money in the limousine, but not on the screen. No, Luke. I am money in the limousine, not on the screen. All we're saying is it is an <laughs> adage as old as time. We're so sick of hearing it because it definitely makes sense. Uh, he is this the point? Frankly, my limousine. <laughs> I don't give a screen. <laughs> Frankly, my limousine money, I don't see it on the screen, baby. Limousine, we don't need no stinking limousine screen. Uh, now, I think, now it's it's later, and he goes, Bradley Whitford goes over to... to no, he he does tell him he's the devil in, right. his, in Tommy's okay. apartment. Okay. Correct. And then he goes over later, and that's when he sees... And that's when Bradley Whitford just walks into the place mm-hmm. with his shirt unbuttoned. Right. Yeah. And while the devil is like in his robe and slippies. Now, this feels like Fabio on a beach in yeah. the way that he's dressed. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, cool, yeah. Well, Whitford's doing all right for himself. He's doing great, yeah. But this is... You're in an apartment. In public. It was a choice. Someone told him, no, don't button the shirt. <laughs> Some director or someone said, no, keep the shirt unbuttoned. Right. He's desperate. 
you got to understand, when you're desperate, you don't got time to button. He's working so hard to be a writer, to be a power player. You don't have time to button a shirt. That's that's two more lines on the page, baby. <laughs> you got two more lines on the page, baby. All right, all right. Well, he so Donald leaves the apartment after revealing that he is the devil, and for the price of his soul, he can give Tom Dash producer credit. He can basically make Tom Dash the producer, the executive, the guy who's calling all the shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom's like, "Get out of here, Joker." Yeah, goof. Then he goes over to his place. And now he's got a tail sticking out of his smoking jacket. And horns attached to his head. This is super hokey. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. At one point he says, want to feel my horns? Yeah. Yes, he does. (sighs) I don't know. Bradley Whitford's making it work. We've seen worse. Yeah, we we have. We've seen a lot worse. Bradley Whitford. It doesn't make it good, but. Bradley Whitford is taking it seriously. Yes. He's like, he does say, like, how can I take you seriously when you lied about the tail and the horns? And um, Donald's like, well, I wouldn't do it to you again. I'm an old softy. Ha ha. Yeah. Again. Why don't they just, just, why they just fuck. fuck? Why don't they just take off their pants? And just, just get, get to, it just get going. to sucking. I mean, fucking. Diablo's going to film it. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let us finish. <laughs> Always let us. Finish. Always let us finish. <laughs> Always eat your spinach. Oh, oh. that's an act break, my friends. That well, is. because oh wait, no, Donald he presents to, he to sign the, the contract. contract. Oh, that's right, J.K. The soul donut, and uh, <laughs> he signs it, and then the contract begins to you, smoke. Yeah, you can see that. Um, on the lines around the signature, it starts to um, blacken as if it were being burned. Burned in. Oh, that means it's a real devil. So do you think, um, let's play a chemistry set. Was the pen filled with something that would cause it to burn, or how did that work? I would I would imagine that um, it was, because it was on a table, they probably just could have had a hollowed out part of the table and used one of those wood burning kits or to do it. I imagined it was just uh, the second AD with a pack of Lucky Strikes just behind the paper, just blowing smoke through there. Either way, we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Swanson, Johnson, my office, now! Coming this spring on Fox, meet a detective whose partner is a real dick. Yeah, Chief. Yeah, Chief. Rock Swanson is a hard-boiled detective who takes no guff. Jake Johnson is an anthropomorphized penis who came to life when a gypsy cast an ancient spell. Together, they fight crime and make time for the ladies. Oh, Swanson, when are you going to introduce me? (laughs) I'm sorry. Say hello to my best friend and partner, Johnson. The pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. But when Mendoza's gang comes back in town, all bets are off. I think you need to say hello to your little friend. (laughs) You all right there, little buddy? I'm just hanging in there. 
Sunday nights are heating up on Fox. Don't miss the premiere of Swanson and Johnson, followed by the super awesome Christian Feel Guilty Hour, only on Fox. Turner, Cooch, my chambers, now. Coming this spring on Fox, meet a lawyer whose partner is a real pussy. Yes, Your Honor? Yes, Your Honor. Kate Turner is a hard-boiled lawyer who takes no guff. Penelope Cooch is an anthropomorphized vagina who came to life when a gypsy cast an ancient spell. From the creative team that brought you Swanson and Johnson comes Turner and Cooch, sure to heat up your fall. Together they hear cases while making time for the fellas. Oh, Turner, when are you gonna introduce <laughs> me? Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Say hello to my partner and best friend, Penelope Cooch. So happy I was able to come over and meet you. I wish you would come over more often. My mouth's starting to water. <laughs> but when Mendoza's gang comes back in town, all bets are off. Charges will never stick, Turner. There's no way this case ends in a hung jury. <laughs> Sunday nights are heating up on Fox. Don't miss the premiere of Turner and Cooch, followed by Swanson and Johnson, only on Fox. Victoria, my examination room, now. Coming this spring on Fox, meet a lady whose cramps talk. <laughs> My cramps talk. <laughs> Victoria last name is a person who lives. Cramps are her cramps that talk because f you. My cramps talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the creative team that brought you Swanson and Johnson and Turner and Cooch brings you this because of money. My cramps talk. My cramps talk. <laughs> But when Mendoza's gang comes back in town, Victoria, well, Victoria's not involved at all. Could, could you please get out of my way? Sunday nights are heating up on Fox. Don't miss the premiere of Lady and the Cramps, followed by Turner and Cooch, followed by Swanson and Johnson. We've run out of ideas. <laughs> Only on Fox. <laughs> Only Good Looks, the best of human amusements this Thursday, July 19th at Go Comedy Improv Theater in Ferndale, Michigan, 9 p.m. Uh, you can buy the whole seat, but my understanding is you'll only need the edge. That's right. You'll be on the edge of your seat, Matt. Uh, that was a uh, classic uh, called Swanson and Johnson that I wrote uh, in three minutes, I yeah. believe was the writing time on that but i had been thinking about it for two weeks and i directed in you killed eight it. minutes yeah you killed it that was a good one that was a good one yeah and we're back it's the third act and they spared no expense to make this the longest act this of third the act show. is really, really, a whole really, episode yeah but my note taking tells me the opposite <laughs> Because boy, oh boy, it starts to get like my hairline pretty thin around <laughs> these parts. Uh, we go back into the executive's uh, boardroom, meeting room, his office. Yep, that's what they're called. And in the chair is Kingsley Diamond. 
which is definitely a name that is a human name and not a devil in a costume. (laughs) 100% Kingsley Diamond of the Kingsley Diamond Pineapple Fortune. He's a major player at the Pineapple Factory. Major player. Do you think Altman saw this episode and was like, this is what I'm basing the player off of? A thousand, a thousand a million percent. He's like, oh, I just have to wait for Lyle Lovett to be a thing. <laughs> deep, uh, deep, deep cut. Deep, deep cut. player cuts. Um, it is at this point that our man Tom Dash walks in and um, who's the guy behind the desk? The, the um, Vincent. 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 Vincent's like, Hey, what's going on here? And uh, Kingsley Diamond says, you're through. You're out. You're finished. It's over. Get out of here. It's curtains. Vamoose. And so Vincent starts to kind of push back a little bit. Does um, he say palimony? He does say yes. palimony. Yeah, he needs, he needs this job. His wife's suing him for palimony. What is palimony? Um, I I think that it's just alimony between friends. Yeah, <laughs> let's never break up, guys. <laughs> Look, our, our friendship literally cannot afford us <laughs> breaking. <laughs> Can't we just stay pals forever? What's the? There's a difference between palimony and alimony, and I'm going to look it up while you guys keep talking. Um. So he he starts to push back a little bit and and say, you know. Look at all the look at all the great things I've done for you. I'm I'm still one of your clients, right? And he just goes on and on and on about that. And Kingsley's this like is, this is this is the first time that Tommy sees Donald as another person and recognizes him, but can't place where he knows him. Mm-hmm. Hey, have I have we met before? He says that I think. Uh, yeah, he says it one more time, right? Yeah. And I guess this is just the episode's way of saying, or the writer's way of saying, that the devil is everywhere. In the mm-hmm. business. In the business. Which, again, takes me back to this show is written by a writer who has never gotten anything done and is just blaming it on yes. the town being <laughs> evil and corrupt. Thousandy million percent. Uh, the difference between alimony and palimony. In a nutshell, alimony is court-ordered spousal support that one spouse is ordered to pay the other during and or after getting divorced. Palimony, on the other hand, is basically alimony for unmarried cohabitating couples who split up. Oh, oh, I didn't know you could get palimony. I didn't either. Interesting. Yeah. All right, there Great. it is. So um, Vincent, Vincent's pleading his case. He starts getting slapped around by Kingsley Diamond. He gets the slap, slap. Get it together. This is just business. Now, you caught me on a nice day. I'm an old softy. An old softy. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to shuffle, 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 business, 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 and then you'll have a job. Oh, you're the nicest devil ever. Thanks. And so that's that's when he leaves, Mm -hmm. and he has Tommy sit down in the chair. Which I thought he was going to have Tommy sit on his lap. So did I. But then if Tommy was sitting on his lap, how on earth would he sprawl out on the desk? It was super weird. Like like Michelle Pfeiffer and the Fabulous Baker Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love our references. (laughs) They are so So old. (laughs) 
It would be like, you know, Stifler's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this reminded me of that scene in the movie Tucker. (laughs) A man in his dream. (laughs) Oh, this is a classic Kramer versus Kramer moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it looks like he and his wife had some irreconcilable differences. (laughs) It's a little bit like Deliverance. (laughs) It's everything in a way is a little bit like deliverance. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <sighs> but I mean, really, if you've seen the sand pebbles, you've seen this episode. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of the same feelings that the deer hunter brought up. <laughs> we just keep going back. Chaplin did it best. With <laughs> hey, you guys remember that train the going great through a train t- robbery? <laughs> <laughs> Run for your lives! <laughs> It's coming through the screen. Uh, so he is now an executive. And boy, oh boy, is he making moves. He's doing business, business, business. But you can tell he's doing it without a soul because he grows stubble. So at this point, I we have now seen costume changes for everybody. Mm-hmm. Tom gets... The upper half costume changed, but they were just like, ah, keep his khakis, please. He's um, <laughs> those are bugle boys, and he's that's the most expensive thing we have on the set. Those are much nicer than the pants that came with the suit, <laughs> those are made out of flint. <laughs> oh, it's wool and flint together, yes, <laughs> mostly flint. Did you say flint or lint? Flint. Okay, all right. That yeah, we'll just have him wear the bugle boys. <laughs> okay, well, your loss. Is it? Next day. Fire at at, <laughs> at Pant The Pat. Triangle Costume Company. <laughs> oh the Triangle Shirtwaist costume, costume Factory. factory. Yes. Oh man. Oh god, how could it happen again? <laughs> Once again, I mean this is a real that bridge that waggles. <laughs> Just old references. That's all I want. <laughs> Breaking news. Bridge bing, wobbles. Bing, 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 bing. War. <laughs> He's still wearing his bugle boy khakis. And now things are not going great. He he wrote a part for a girlfriend, a woman that we do not know that has not come in in the first two acts. Uh, so he's given her the part, and then now he has to give the part to somebody else. Right, and the music—the music is really subtly telling you that things aren't going well. Because at first he was like "yada da da," and now the music is basically like "fart flop." This is not going well. <laughs> Poor Tom Dash. He's real dumb. He sold his soul to the... Oh, am I recorded? <laughs> this is the cautionary song. <laughs> All right. So uh, did you notice during this... I don't want to call it a montage because it was actually dialogue, but... <laughs> <laughs> but but this like where it's just uh, like time lapsed to yeah show, business 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 yeah that <laughs> as this as this segment went on he started to look more and more like a cartoon hobo yeah like, yes. where his beard started to get darker and darker yeah 
Um, the only thing that was that differentiated him was the leaded crystal glass he was drinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so finally, uh, finally, this chick shows up. Uh, who he had promised the uh, the role to, and Cassie. she's like, "You wrote that part for me, and you're not the same person I used to know." You, who are you, ma'am? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, stranger, glad you have all this history we've never seen. Yeah, you're dead inside now. Um, we now enter a part of the show that I call the Devil Wears Bill Blast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because we're back with Donald? Yes, but now he is he is a director. Oh, that's correct. He's the director who's also the devil. He's also a pile of cocaine in a walking meat sack. <laughs> Rudnick. Yes. Rudnick comes in and he is giving the business to Tom. Mm-hmm. He's telling him... This pig needs blood, guts, gore. Right, so he's going to turn that script about love and everything into... Um, Something about crazy cannibal psychos. Yes. He said he had a guy in Pittsburgh that he knew that could do it. So Who a little, that, a little um, Romero nod? Made blood. Probably, well, possibly. Yeah. Um, but he also, he's, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but it was something like, I got a guy in Pittsburgh who can make it bleed or yeah. something. He can something make like blood so real you can taste it. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. Just no, all no irony. Thanks. Tastes like pennies. Tastes mm-hmm. like pennies is like drinking a Pabst. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It's a real nightmare. Bradley uh, Whitford ends up going back to the neighbor because he cannot take the biz anymore. For he, a, just, he wants out of the contract. This has been the longest week of his life. For a uh, new section I call the Devil Wears Members Only. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is in a red members only jacket. Because he's the devil, devil of the 80s. And he's like, hey, buddy. Here's the deal. You gave me your soul. And that's what the devil likes yeah, to eat. I don't I don't like to let people out of contracts, but because I'm an old softy, all you have to do is get someone to take your place. Basically just sublet yes. for this uh sublet your th- soul contract. Yeah. And so he just reminds them, you only get one chance. So make sure that you do it right. Yeah, that you do it right. And so uh, he's like, I don't. I, who am I going to get to fill it? I don't know anyone. He just says, "You're in. You're in L.A. Just look for someone desperate." desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's millions of desperate people. So he says, "Aha! I have just the right person." Cut to I don't know Cassie. half an hour yeah. later, and he brings her in. Uh, the devil is not in the room yet, and the two of them are discussing. That this is uh, this is how all new directors are auditioning people. It's I hate when people say it's the new thing, but that's what he says. Starting and to feel a little me too in this room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I was expecting him to come out in like a bathrobe. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, instead comes through the door with an empty garbage can and said that he just came from the incinerator. Get it, guys? Yeah. Just came from hell. Oh, okay. Dump shoot. <laughs> Uh, so I think this is the same building, by the way. Yeah, I I think that th- I think that it is. Uh, though I didn't see uh, either of them jerk off a a, a like light a, switch. A light switch, but but I never saw anybody turn a light on or off. So this is true. And why why would you bother jerking off the light switch when you can just jerk off each other there you for go. free? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So so he's telling her that, yeah, this is an audition. You just need to improvise, Just baby. improvise that. So the scene is that uh, you're an actress and you want to sell your soul. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, I gotcha. I yeah. can do this. I'm in. Donald walks in, does the incinerator line. D- Tom's like, I'd like you to meet whatever her name is. And mm-hmm. she instantly is like, I want to sell my soul. And uh, Donald's like, huh, pretty interesting. Why do you want to do that? Revenge for a man who spurned me or something along those lines. A man who told me he loved me, then dumped me. And she kisses Tom. And uh, the devil's like, cool, bet. We got a deal. They shake hands, and then the... I don't even know how to describe... Why does this happen? (laughs) Tommy... Just disappears into a puff of smoke. Correct. You know the end of the uh, the state sketch, the the Taco Man yes. one. Yes. Goodbye. Taco. Yeah. Goodbye yeah. forever. Goodbye, goodbye forever. Mailbox. Yeah. Goodbye mailbox. Uh, the guy, it's it's the same sort of dissolve. He just sort of just disappears. Well, is that revenge? So, she says, "I I want revenge, and I want him to disappear." She does say something like that, right? Oh, she that, does right? say disappear. Oh. Yeah. I want him to go away. I want him to be, you know, whatever. So Tom disappears into a puff of smoke. The devil puts his horns back out? Yeah. Yeah. And she's she is so confused. She has now made a Faustian deal, mm-hmm. accidental Faustian deal. Mhm. And the devil says, uh, so you're an actress, huh? Well, I've got a part just for you. Uh, we've got, uh, we still have another 12 seconds left in the episode, guys. Um, Can you say that line any slower? No, but because if she says, what's the part, then he's going to have to explain the part. Shit, all right. And that's at least 40 minutes. Well, how long can we freeze frame? Well, oh, the whole time. Oh, well, well, he's he's our editor. He's the best. Oh, okay. If you th- you don't think that's going to seem weird when, especially a modern off a modern audience watches it. No, because uh, at the nine second point, we'll put up the credits. Oh, all right, that'll oh, break so, it. Up. Uh, yeah, it, people people won't even people notice. won't be like, hey, was that ten seconds? Because we can definitely get it up at nine yeah, seconds. You know what I can do is I can talk to the uh, the music editor, and we can just fill hey! that. <laughs> oh, hey, Bumbo, the music editor. Yeah, you guys need a song? Yeah, you know, this is an episode about the devil, so something dark and spooky. (laughs) Do you have anything that's slightly... It's it's great. Anything that's less uh, TV's bloopers and practical jokes? Or the beginning of what's happening. (laughs) Just uh, a check. Perfect. Print it. Okay, we... If... Anyone listening to this show—it is so bizarre. For the first time, and has never watched Tales from the Dark Side, and is just like these guys are liars. They're kidders. They're fibbers. They're just full of beans. You gonna play it right now, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fucking play this, and you're gonna be like, "What? They were not kidding." And feel free to time it at home. Because we did. Because we had we, to back it up. We and timed it. 12 seconds. Yeah. 12 seconds. 
All right. Here we go. <laughs> I know. Oh. So you're an actress, right? Well, uh, aspiring. Uh-huh. Well, I think I have a part that you just might be perfect for. Not freeze frame, freeze frame. <laughs> Part that you just let's, might uh, be perfect. How are you? Uh, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's when the credits come up. Eleven. Boom. That's bananas. It is. Uh, that I will say that is one of the most unsettling things I've seen in a Tales from the Dark Side <laughs> episode. So kudos. <laughs> that should have just been the episode. Yeah, it's just that frozen thing with that music playing. Yeah, that would be really scary if I saw that now. That would I would be, be super freaked out. Like, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know. What is there going to be a jump scare? I don't like this. Unfortunately, that's the episode. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the writers' room. What would you change? I like my idea of the dog being the devil. Okay. I think that would be... I mean, if you're going to have a funny episode... No, I'd play a straight. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I'm his mouthpiece. All deals go through me. It would be like that scene in Summer of Sam where uh, you see things from David Berkowitz's perspective and the dog runs into his house and starts yelling at him. <laughs> Oh, God, I remember that. It's such a strange movie. It is. Yeah. Uh, Summer of Sam. I would, I think I would probably shave the first two acts and just make it more this guy, um, you know, maybe you see him starting as, as the executive and nobody knows how he got there so fast and you find out it's his devil neighbor. Uh, he's yeah. living with this woman or something. or yeah, he's just Like, she just comes out of nowhere. So the way it ends with something happening to him because of her makes no... She's nobody. I think you could do something like this where the neighbor gets Tom to sign on to take his place and he doesn't find that out mm. until the end that he got duped and he, he or the middle that he got duped and then at the end he redupes the guy who duped him okay hmm. yeah yeah like you know some kind of rumple stiltskin shit yeah but like I don't know. Something there was no the pacing was real weird. It was really And it weird. wasn't I, I think this wasn't like this wasn't a problem with the writing as much as it was um it just yeah, it just needed to be recut or reworked or something. It was like the original story itself was too long and I think just needed an edit and a fleshing out. This is like a, a first draft of something that somebody should have said, Well, I've been this writing doesn't work in Hollywood for, for ten years. Yeah. You mean to tell me that it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I agree. I, it just it's kind of funny, like, 
you would think that there would be stakes with somebody's soul on the line, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there feels like there's no stakes. No and stakes you don't see a, a discernible change in Bradley Whitford when he has his soul versus when he doesn't have his soul. And they, they be, I know the limits of the show and the constraints of the show kind of don't allow you to see the opulence or the quote unquote upside. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I wrote that. I'm a genius. That's basically his highest high. So, sh- I mean, so show him being really nice to, you know, or really good with Cassie or writing this role for Cassie because he loves her. Then he loses his soul and then he's a real piece of shit about it. Um, which I guess he sort of, which is what they sort of alluded to what happened, but you really didn't, I, they didn't lean on that hard enough. I agree. I agree. Anything else? Um, I liked your idea of um, kind of, what is it, and Medius Ray starting kind of in the middle of the mm-hmm. story and then finding out afterward um, kind of how he got that position. Because you could do the reveal in the end of the first act. Yeah. Even and just say, you know, he, he goes back to the apartment and the devil's waiting for him there. Yes. Um, Asking him how his his first week was, or and it could be a dog waiting there for him. I I I know that it sounds stupid. I just really wanted that dog to yeah. be the devil. <laughs> See, but in a way, in a comic book, that would work so well. Totally it would. Totally yeah. would. Um, and it, because it's based off a creep show, mm-hmm. like if they would have played that angle, I kind of would have enjoyed it. Yeah. How many devil? soul episodes have we had i was just wondering that we got to go through we had red leader we had the um printer's devil yep we i was thinking of red leader yeah um what was the the satanic piano satanic piano what was the one with jerry stiller Oh, oh the radio devil's advocate devil's advocate yeah um even the one with the witches was kind of a a deal a damnation deal yeah it was it was so they've definitely used this trope. Well, and the um the uh the the mailman cometh. Even mm-hmm. though it was an alien, he still had a contract with that alien to get things in return. It was just that he could never he could never look at the mailman or interact with the mailman. Uh painkiller. Oh god, yeah, that's yeah. another Faustian deal. Wow. It's been there the whole time. Yeah. And it's never won a transmission No. Maybe this is its year. Well, that's the episode. Yeah. Give us a scale, Jen. Uh, scale of one to ten, how many $20,000 advance checks would you give this episode? Four. I would give it more because the past few episodes we've given around four and a half, five. And I thought that this was better. It okay. just wasn't. It wasn't good. It was just better than those. So I would actually give it a six. I'll I'll, give it a five. I'll give it a five. I'll up from a four to a five. Yeah. Because it was better than last week's episode. Well, no, I kind of liked Love Hungry. I I don't think I really was down on Love Hungry, but I definitely was down on uh, the one before that. Yeah. Payment overdue. Payment overdue. I mean, Love, Love Hungry did have those talking fruit. Which... And that saved the episode... Yeah. Um, from just being 30 minutes of fat shaming. Correct. Um, so, yeah, those fruit, man. Congratulations to this week's winner of the Dark Side Guess. 
Congratulations, Sean Clorin, for your guess. It's a little bit too lengthy to read here on air, so make sure you go to facebook.com slash T from the dark side to check that out. Congratulations, Sean. We'll be in contact to get you your $10 Amazon gift card. If you would like to participate in the dark side guess, you just need to be following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash T from the dark side, uh, where we put up the uh, entry right there on the page. If you like Instagram, we're on there as well at T from the dark side, as well as Twitter at TFTDS pod. Um, did I miss anything, guys? Try to enjoy the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Bye. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Belly Ape Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side and on Twitter at TFTDS Pod. Email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.